Welcome to Oz Property Investors, where your smart, no BS friends who tell you the most interesting stuff going on in property. Join your host, Jeff Miles, former mortgage broker and property developer, alongside Joe Tucker, Director of Property Principles Buyers Agency, as they interview some of Australia's top property experts and commentators, so we can all become better property investors together. Us is all gravy. <laughs> and we are live on Oz Property Investors. We bring the big names, and I didn't warn you we we're going to go live, but we're going to have the big fun. So, how are you going anyway, Sophie? What's happening? I'm great. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. So, I feel like I'm a little like you guys have got your hair on point. I've got my bloody like shower hair going, but anyway, I'm, I'm very well. I'm, I'm not conscious, not self conscious at all at the moment. But how are you going, Joe? What's happening, man? I'm very excited. I'm I'm excited to have Sophie on. I've known Sophie. Well, Sophie, you've been in the group for how long? Like three years, like when it started. Um, so yeah, it's cool so. to have, have you here teaching the insights. Um, because jo- Geelong, well, the OGs of Oz yeah, that's what we're going to cover off a little bit. Uh, the OGs of property is um, the Geelong market, and um, mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. There's a lot of lot of interesting insights to be shared tonight. So I'm excited for yeah. that. Jeff, how are you, mate? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I, I said, no, I, 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 you, you, I suppose you, you're asking me because you don't normally ask me how I'm going. So I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very right. chuffed you asked me, Joe. No, no, going well. We've already, we've already talked. I already sort of just preempted and said I'm feeling self-conscious about my hair situation. But no, going well. So I'm, I'm, ex- I think people are messaging, tell, asking where we are. So because we, I think we're a little early in what we normally. Nah, we're probably just a, about. On, on time as to what we normally are but no tonight is going to be an epic session and the reason one of the reasons we wanted to get you on sophie is ne- in a couple of weeks time I, th- I believe it's the 10th of june if, if memory serves is correct Incorrect. is it not the 10th it's a long weekend 14th oh yeah it's not on a saturday yeah. so it's it's the let's see 11th 12th 13th 14th of june isn't it <laughs> it is going to be oz properties um first live event in collaboration well, with the amazing Sophie. It's probably the other way around, Joe. Very, to be very clear, Sophie and her team are the ones organizing this. And and we've happened to cotton on. So we're <laughs> so we're collaborating with Sophie's team, not the other way around. Just so, we just so because hijacked. I don't want to take credit for organizing. You can if you want to, Joe, but I'm not going to. No, we have hijacked, we have absolutely hijacked and and yeah. taken all of it. But what you it take is all credit, you take all credit for the amazing posters for yeah. the event. Couldn't do it anymore. Well, actually, I'm in there as well. Thinking outside the box, it's going to be going to be a great event. So, but I I think there's there's a lot of um, sort of talk, uh, and and we're going to, I suppose we'll we'll unpack a lot of things. But the thing that happened yesterday, the budget, the land tax situation, Victoria, elephant in the room, not elephant, but the uh, I suppose the the most current kind of situation that investors have been will be facing Victoria. And then we're going, to, we're going to talk to, I suppose, around the ground in Geelong. So what what's everything looks like? What's the lay of the land in Geelong? The suburbs, the as Joe likes to say, the hotspots from not spots. I just like to say the hotspots from not so hotspots because that's probably a little little nicer to these not spots. Um, but, but also as well, we're going to talk about where there's opportunities and, and just there's going to be plenty of wisdom shared about Geelong and the Victorian investing sort of market what it's like to be a property investor as a as a landlord in in victoria as well because that's um it's it's crucial to know that because look i, I don't i've never owned a property in victoria to be to be very open so i i'm I'd, i'll probably learn a thing or two and tonight as well 
How about you, Joe? You, you you know everything about owning Victoria, mate. You're like the mayor of Geelong, aren't you? Or mayor of Adelaide, mayor of Geelong. What next? Not, not just yet. I haven't got the key. I haven't got the key to the city, but I do know what it is like to own in Geelong um, and uh, in Victoria as well. So it's interesting. It's an interesting game. I think, um, like, the, the way rules are set up um, from a government perspective um, really change the investing landscape. And if you're not really in tune with them, you, you might be missing opportunity and, and gaining opportunity uh, as well. So, um, yeah, I think we'll dive, dive deep into that too. So, shall we go quote of the week? Who wants to go first? Go on, Sophie. Oh, Sophie. Okay. I've chosen one from Eckhart Tolle today. Um, worry pretends to be necessary but serves no useful purpose. Ooh, I that's that's a fantastic one. I think it's very apt in in the current, given what's just been announced yesterday, and 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 any sort of new changes that are announced to legislation, people like run around like their heads on fire, and they're just like, oh no, everything's going to go wrong, everything's going bad. But I don't know. I just think, okay, cool, that's that's happened. Let's let's what what does it mean? And what what what, are we, what, what, are, what can I now? What can I do about it? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, and also, where's the opportunity? Um, I saw oh, yeah. one of the comments when we asked where's the hotspots and not spots in Geelong, and they said new new land tax rules not in not in Victoria. So all of a sudden they've just ruled out all of Victoria yeah. over nope. one small little uh, little rule. Okay, and and but, interestingly, Joe, because you know how last year July with that whole Queensland land tax, which ultimately got repealed. I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't hold your breath for this one because this one sounds like it's 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 just going to happen. It's not not going to as much backlash as it's going to be. I wouldn't um, sort of bank on this one being repealed. But people were like, oh, no, like Queensland's going to be horrible. Everything's going to cost me so much. And people were selling up left, right and centre. And now you started to, I mean, you're, you're starting to see like Queensland, even through, through the grapevine, through our sort of people we know, things are starting to heat up a little bit in Brisbane again. So if you'd have sold, you potentially are missing a lot of sort of potential upside. I'm not saying that's going to happen in Victoria, but yeah, it's just, so yeah, great quote. I love it. What's yours, man? So mine is in the in, in the sort of tone of what we're talking about. It is <clears throat> never let a never let a crisis go to waste by Winston Churchill. So sort of talk to. I'm not saying this is a crisis. I'm not saying that putting a land tax and slugging people an extra fifteen hundred or thirteen hundred, whatever it is, is a crisis. But it, it's for some people they do see it like that. So don't let it go to waste. Like see where you can. Just look a bit longer term, I suppose. Hmm. I like it. I like it. Okay. Mine. How about you, Joe? <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you up to, man? <laughs> Mine is, it's not the employer who pays the wages. Employees only, ha- sorry, employers only handle the money. It's the customer who pays the wages. That was done by Henry Ford. Interesting. Oh, Henry Oh, Henry Ford, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, it is the customer um, that is that is paying it. So you have to look after them as, as much as possible. Um, we- and I think that from the government coffers, the, the government has to look after, the state government has to look after the people that it's uh, it's in. So I was trying to kind of connect those two worlds together with our silly little quotes. Um, really depends on your Jeff political philosophy, Joe. Jeff and I were talking a little oh, bit about that today. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, there we go. There we yeah, go. It's, it's it's important because a lot a lot of and and where we got to, I'll let you tell where we got to because you were the one who came up with a brilliant insight. It wasn't me. I was just along for the ride for the story. But what is yeah. your sort of 
What's your I mean, perspective on the customer and, and all that sort of situation? Yeah. So I've over the years, I've been doing this for 13 years now. Um, and the one thing that I educate my investors on when they when they come on and us manage their property is I say, look, as as soon as you engage me to be your property manager, we're now partners in this. And it's an investment and any investment I treat as if it's a business. It's got to do with ROI and, you know, as, as if you're running a business. And when we look at what a business is, it all comes down to the customer experience. Everything comes down to customer experience. Your property is the product. So who's actually the one that is using the product? Who's the customer? It's the tenant. Um, so their experience in this whole thing is just as important as the investor and as the partner to to create this um, harmony, I guess, between with property investing. Yeah, yeah. No slum lords allowed. Yeah, a, a lot of the time, there's like, tenants get a tenants get a bad rap, and 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 it's often a, a can be an adversarial. Not always, but it's it can get a little bit adversarial between landlord and tenant, and. I don't think it necessarily needs to 100% be that way. And look, sometimes you need to to bring out the, the you've got the carrot and the stick, I suppose. I prefer to use the carrot. And I mean, I've been a land, I've been a tenant as well. So you sort of, mm. yeah, you've sort of had some interesting landlords sort of try and pin some sort of um, post, um, post vacating the property sort of cleaning charge on you. And just like, well, I don't know, what, what what's that all stem from? Why, why are you trying to like, I don't think I did. I thought I was a good tenant, or thought we, we thought we were good tenants. But anyway, no, enough about me. So, should we get into the get into the, and then get into the love the lovely Sophie? Yes, absolutely. Well, I just wanted to give a quick overview of what we're going to talk about because I feel like we're a little bit scattered on what we're going to cover off. Um, today is all about the Geelong market and a whole holistic overview of it. Where are the hot pockets? Where are the not pockets? What are some of the suburbs to look out for? Where are the opportunities? And then we're going to look at price points. What is a 400 to 550 purchase? Like where would we be looking? What is a 550 to 650? And what happens if you have 650 and above and where the uh, opportunities are? So that's kind of what we're going to be covering throughout this session. So if you are interested in Victoria, but also if you're not interested about Victoria, it's awesome to see someone else's view and opinion on where they see value because Value translates to any market. You can translate a lot of what you're going to be learning today to WA, to New South Wales, to Victoria. So with that, let's dive into the session. Okay, you do it, Jeff. You click the button. Click the button. I, I, I didn't know I was clicking the button, Jeff. The amazing thing with commercial property investing is that in most cases, it's cash flow positive from day one, which means that you can drive those profits towards paying down the debt. There are instances with commercial property investing where you can actually have the property pay itself off over 10 years, which is absolutely crazy. With commercial property, you get massive net yield, so you can expect anywhere between 6 to 10%. And as we've seen in the current boom, these properties not only provide large cash flow, they do certainly grow wildly in value too. Now, with big rewards comes some risk, and this is why you should de-risk your investment as much as possible. And the way you do that is with expert due diligence. And this is why we highly recommend people hire professionals to help you along in your investing journey. Steve Polisi of Polisi Property is one such expert. Being a chartered mechanical and structural engineer in a past life, Steve draws on his analytical and mathematical skills to do that expert due diligence for you. 
With six years' experience in the space, Steve has over 1,200 property transactions under his belt. He's the guy you want in your corner, crunching the numbers and finding the best properties in the best locations, along with ensuring that you avoid the mistakes. Steve has actually even written the book on commercial property investing in Australia. And not only is it a bestseller, I believe it to be the most comprehensive in commercial property investing on the market today. He's been generous enough to give us a massive discount for our audience of 50%. So use the code OZPROP, click the link below, get a copy today and start learning and getting on your commercial property investing journey. Good job. Yeah, back. Oh, Joe's doing some dancing in the background. So the, the the person we've got here is in front of us, and I'm going to probably say this once tonight, maybe twice. We'll see how we go. So Sophie Enapleotis. There you go. How did I go? Was that good? Well played. That was amazing. Yeah. Well done. Did a bit of practice Just before. Just call me Sofo. Sofo. I guess Sofo. Just call me Sofo. I kind of like it. So, Sophie is the director of, of, of the property management company in, in Geelong, or director of property management, and you've spent over a decade specializing in property management but a, and, and re- relationship management consulting. So I, I think as well, the, the beauty with what you've done in your journey is you've actually been in the trenches, done a couple of renovations here or there yourself. So you, you can, you're not only somebody who helps manage, I, I liken you to almost the uh, like you, you, you've got the, it's like when you go to a broker and they've got a, a decent portfolio themselves and you're like, it just, it, it puts you at ease because you sort of know that they, they sort of have an ability to navigate and how to build that portfolio. And, and you, I suppose you're the property manager, but you've also got, you've, if somebody needs to rent out, I think you're able to, no, I think you know you're able to manage um, project manager rental for people. So yep. I, I yeah, think you go above and beyond. So. Yeah. Yeah, we offer that as part of the service and that's one of the parts that I love the most is the project management and looking at how can we how can we make money how can we make money <laughs> that's really that's that's really what I enjoy looking at yeah, yeah and that's what I like is is like you think about it from an investor's lens um it's not how can we make this thing the most beautiful pretty thing it's how can we functionally spend five thousand dollars and get x amount of return if we spend ten thousand dollars we're probably wasting money above that so let's just spend five um that's really a good way to look at it from an investor perspective and it also helps the tenant making it more functional and all that all that other stuff um yeah I think that's actually the underrated part of when, when you're when you're spending money. Yes, you yes it should um, sort of re- give an ROI return on investment, all that sort of thing. But I think you're actually improving the the sp- living space for a tenant as well. So, um, and and I suppose it shouldn't necessarily be overcapitalizing in there. But if you can improve a kitchen or a bathroom or something like that, you're 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 making somebody's life a little bit better for ten, twenty, thirty, forty bucks or whatever it is per week. Which I think is is money well spent for for both parties, I think. But yeah, so we'll go dive into the first. Oh, sorry, you, you go, Joe. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about this land tax thing. Um, is that what we're going to? Oh yeah. Gonna, let's just go into the detail of what exactly this this land tax thing is, what it means for investors, and then um, and then we can jump into the fun stuff of talking about the Ge- Geelong market. So, is it land tax fun, Joe? I like it. like land tax. I don't like it. Getting I don't like it. Break over the cult. Nah. So, what is it all about, Sophie? What, what are you, what are your views? And give us give us the four one one. Or I think that's the way we're, that's an American thing, but yeah. Look, the land tax it's it's virtually a way for the government to try and get us out of 
what we've been put through over the last couple of years, to say the least, um, and what it's effectively going to mean from next year is that you'll see at least another thirteen hundred dollars um, coming out of your coming out of your pocket. That's that's what they're that's what they're saying at the moment, and Victorians Victorian investors have been hit the hardest there's no there's no doubt about that mm. when you talk rent freezes new regulations compliance the safety audits and now announcement with land taxes and then in, in, interest rate rises continuing to happen it puts investors in a in a situation where they go is this actually is this actually worthwhile short term long term different story yeah but i don't understand it because it's like the, the investors, because I had a look at the budget, there is nothing in there talking about um, supply. How are we going to increase supply? How are we going to make this, the, the property market is an issue for renters right now. There are more people that need a house and they can't afford it. So they are getting pushed out of, out of the property purchasing market and pushed into the rental market. So <laughs> the idea is to disincentivize the people that are creating the properties by rentals so all of a sudden if i'm a renter and and i've been hit with uh, you know i went from two percent interest rate to six percent interest rate to six and a half percent i'm paying 6.69 i think at the moment so that that kind of has to get passed on that has to go somewhere and if i have to get out of the property market because i can't afford it anymore that's going to be sold to an owner occupier which is great but then more rental supply is taken from the market so i don't know if incentivizing investors is the best way to do it. <laughs> and, and when we really look at what's happening and just looking at the Geelong market, but this can also be looked at from a, a regional perspective, is that the biggest demand for property at the moment is affordability, is, is affordable properties. Mm. That's the issue. That's the issue that we're facing. And the, when we look at, so going back into 2021, I was, I'm a data nerd, always looking at property data, what's going on in the area, all those sort of things. And I started noticing that even though the media was saying that we were in a rental crisis, I was seeing properties that were sitting on the market for 30 days, 40 days, 50 days. And I'm like, hmm. The more I started looking into it, the more I started understanding that we're not in a rental crisis, we're in an affordability crisis. And the drivers for tenants at the moment and their behaviours around what they have to do now to secure a property, such as, you know, living together instead of living apart, like there's a lot of other things that are going on. But when we're looking at their drivers, they want to be central, they want to be close to amenities, um, they want to have three bedroom, they want it to be clean and well and well maintained, but they want all of this for 420 a week. And then when you look at how much it costs to buy a property, it's not sustainable in in majority of the markets around Geelong. And we'll obviously go through where opportunities may be. Um, and But overall, when you're looking at the media versus what's happening behind closed doors, there's a lot of stuff to explore and unpack when it comes to that. But it's it, it really has created an unsustainable ground where landlords want or investors want to be able to give affordable properties, but they can't buy affordable properties because it's not affordable to buy. So it's just like this never-ending loop, um, which is hurting everyone. See, you could, you could just have a whole session on this because I, I suppose for, for the first time or the newer investors, 
it's it's hard to it's hard to sort of justify out outlaying or, or sort of getting involved if, if you're not like people say yes cash flow is important and i'm not saying cash flow isn't but ultimately a lot of people want to see or not a lot but people also want to see capital growth so and if you're not seeing and if you but if you can't continue to hold the property as a newer investor particularly with all these sort of extra things then you're not going to be able to see the capital growth, but then to get in, yeah. So it's it's an interesting one because I don't know, like how how does how does then how, how does the investor starting now um, sort of justify? Like if you're buying a five or six hundred k property, is it to get to one point two million dollars? Then the rent, what's the rent going to be on that? It's going to be like seven or eight hundred eight hundred fifty bucks a week maybe, and then mm. the rental crisis, affordability crisis, doesn't get better. So it's it's an interesting one because there's yeah, what 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 happens there? Or how does that work? Bigger questions. Yeah. Hmm. And we can definitely do a whole session on that because there's there's so much going on in that in that space. Um, but the the one thing that when it comes to the land tax, when I was reading, when I was listening to everything and reading into it today, there was a comment um, by one of the, the commentators saying that um, the government has learnt nothing. And I think that that was probably the biggest learning is that they're putting a lot of stress on investors, even though that as investors, we could be helping as well. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I'd even go as far to say the governments, not, not just any particular, like even, even the, the other side of the, uh, the equation, like they, the, the federal government that lost the election, so liberal they were sort of proposing people get money out of super or something like that. I don't know if that was something like that. And I was like, well, I don't know. How does it, does that actually solve the problem? Like are you just kind of kicking the can a little bit further down the road. So I just think, I don't think there's a lot of actionable or realistic solutions out there, but just interesting. Anyway. Yeah. My thought is, is over COVID we spent way too much money and we had a credit card as a country and we just tap, 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 tapped away and we've got up billions of dollars of debt and it has to pay, we have to pay it back somehow. So this, imagine being a government being like, well, where do we get this money from? They have to come up with somewhere and it's going to suck. It's going to suck for everyone for a number of years, I think, from paying this debt off. Otherwise, we go in too deep. We keep plugging away. It feels good. Keep credit carding it. But it has to come back soon. So uh, there's a reason it's called fiat though, Joe. Fiat, <laughs> fiat currency. It's fake. Yeah, it's not, not real. very, not a very good car anyway. Um, anyway, we're not talking about that. Let's we don't want to talk. Let's do no, it. we don't want to talk about this fifteen because it is only fifteen hundred dollars. At the end of the day, what is this all talking oh. about? Fifteen hundred dollars, and it is going to mm. be passed on. You are going to have to increase your rents. It's going to, it's going to, it's, it's just not good policy in my opinion. But anyway, I want to understand the Geelong market. So maybe can we start like super like macro, like just start up like start at the top and, and work our yeah. way in or how do you kind of think about like why is Geelong so great maybe that's <laughs> why is Geelong so amazing the 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 biggest well, there was definitely a boom that that happened over the over the COVID period um and a lot of uh, people started seeing the way that I see it is is that Geelong has always had a lot of potential but it was seen as the ugly cousin to Melbourne for quite some time it was just everyone thought that it was just country bumpkin town no one you know no infrastructure nothing's really happening down here and then all of a sudden when people started looking at how to make things more efficient affordable then they realized that Geelong is not even an hour away from 
from Melbourne and it, you're surrounded by beaches, you've got the surf coast, you've got the best wineries. Mm. There's so much happening down in Geelong that was really untapped. And then when the the lifestyle changes started happening um, outside of the um outside of Sydney, Melbourne, you know, all those sort of things, that's when Geelong was like, oh, this is actually a really great place to live. You can sell your property for 1.2, 1.3, or even up to 3 mil in Melbourne, and then you can get something for a fraction of the price down in Geelong, and you have a a most amazing lifestyle, and you can catch a train, and you're back in Melbourne within 45 minutes to an hour. Um, so I think that that was, um, we sort of came out a little bit as a, wow, this is actually a really cool place, um, to, to be from a lifestyle perspective. But then when we look at Geelong as a whole, it's quite a big area and a big area to navigate when you're looking at it from an investor and where to live, because you've got Geelong CBD and, and five to 10 kilometers out. And then you've got the surf coast, you've got Torquay, Janjak, all the way out to um, Lawn. Then you've got the Bellarine Peninsula as well, um, like Drysdale, Clifton Springs, Port Arlington that has the ferry that goes over to Sorrento. Um, you've got the Surf Coast Shire as well, um, which is another growing area, which is Bannockburn, Teesdale, um, and that hasn't really been talked about for, for some time. But the um, areas that will probably focus on a little bit tonight will probably be the central areas because when we're looking at the drivers for renters, that's what they're looking for at the moment. And if we start looking outwards, um, the vacancy rates are actually increasing further that we further than we go out. Um, so there's right. there's five percent vacancies in some in some areas at the moment. Wow! Could you could you bring yeah. the map up, Joe? We yeah, just had sure. to do that. Because yeah. I, I like, I'm a visual. Like, if you, so, if you're if you're listening to our our Spotify or whatever, I think we're on Apple as well. I, I don't think we discriminate on podcast um, apps, and we don't discriminate <laughs> either. But um, I, jump over onto YouTube because there's going to be a few. Are you sharing? Uh, do you want me to share my? Uh, Joe's better at doing the share screen though. He definitely is <laughs> yeah. better at navigating the map. So for those that don't know, Geelong is this little pocket down here, 45 minutes to an hour's drive. Um, for those that have just recently joined, we are doing our first ever live event in Geelong on the 14th of June, and you guys Thinking can join it called Thinking Outside of the Box. We're going to have six speakers of, for the night. It is $30, I know, an event that costs $30. What are we doing? All the money, all the, proce- all the proceeds go to a charity called Friends in Me. So we are wanting to run our first ever live event um, with – that with the help of Sophie. So if you guys want to be a part of it, it would be awesome to see you there. Um, and we can all have a beer together. How many, t- how many tickets are left though, Joe? Like there's, Sophie, there's, you there's, there's some left. There are some left. We haven't, we haven't sold out this. just yet, yeah. but um, yeah, it's, just it's book it. we'll it out. yeah, book it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> book it and they will come. I'm going to, I'll post this in the little, in the little thing there. Um, but um, yeah, so I guess some, some of the reasons why I like um, Geelong is there's, five and a half billion dollars of infrastructure projects going in like mm-hmm. this right here is avalon airport it's what uh, 20 minute 15 minute drive to get into the city there um they've got a massive armstrong creek project going on uh four mm-hmm. billion dollar geelong fast rail so as it, this is going to be like wollongong but you know, like sydney sydney has wollongong um melbourne has geelong and what's the median price for um, Wollongong nowadays, Jeff. 
Oh, mate, where, where, where in Wollongong are you talking? Like, you're talking um, up Ostermere way. Mate, Ostermere, you need, you need several million dollars to buy up there. Um, <clears throat> and even kind of cold, Coldale and all those sort of places. But in, in, in the sort of, in the southern suburbs, you can pick up a, a median to be between sort of 800 to, 800 to probably 1.1. So, yeah, it's not as affordable as the, the more affordable parts of Geelong. By any stretch of the imagination, and and rents have probably um, rental yields are, are a little lower as well. Um, even surpri- well, surprisingly, even yeah. Just, but um, so where are we limiting? Are, are we in our discussion of Geelong? Because I know there's the people who talk about the Lara area, and even down to sort of I'm just looking at maps. So Armstrong yeah. Creek. I, I think there's a lot of land at, at, in those there places. Is. Should we? But, yeah, um, Armstrong Creek was the. The, it is the growth corridor um, and the new growth corridor that is now starting to develop is Lara. Um, yeah. So you're honing in on Armstrong Creek first. Yeah. And one thing yeah. I just think is worthwhile to mention for something that's called a, a growth corridor, um, it means there's going to be a lot of houses that are going to go there. It doesn't necessarily mm. mean that there's going to be a large amount of capital growth because mm. – all these houses have just been built and you can see literally they've, they've cut it off based on the suburb. So the suburb geographic boundaries are this, this, and this, and they've, they've built the houses based on this. But if you buy a house in here, there's going to be a thousand houses exactly the same. And then over here, when the supply and the demand, when the demand gets built up enough, they're just going to release more land and they're going to put more houses. So I, I feel that these green, well, not, I feel, I know um, based on, the data that these type of areas may not be uh, not better than looking at some of the more closer in locations for infill. Um, well, Jordan, um, Jordan De Jong, we, we unpacked in our, in that live session probably six weeks ago, maybe seven weeks ago. He actually explained why the why house and lands in, in those kind of you may see short term growth, but over time it'll it'll just stagnate because they'll release new ones and and at roughly the same sort of prices. So yep. they'll they'll sort of in the first stage it may appear like you're making some money, but then the second ones will get released at roughly the same price. And why would somebody pay any more for your two or three or five year old property when they can buy mm-hmm. a brand new one for the same price that yours is now sort of worth or selling for? Yeah. And then same same goes for Lara. I mean, there's a lot of really nice houses up in Lara, to be fair, with a lot of land. So, mm. uh, like a land themselves on on large blocks. Um, but is that that's a growth? What are your thoughts on these areas, anyway, Yeah. Um, what are my thoughts on the area? So, over there's been a lot of interest in the Armstrong Creek area from an investor point of view. When the construction costs started going up, it then started not making sense um, because, yes, the rent was increasing, but relative to the cost of the construction to complete it and now to buy in to the areas, um, it's it wasn't really making sense to new investors coming into the area. Um, and it was now being more common for them to purchase something that's already existing um, because it's it's a more stable way. And instead of waiting for, you know, which builder is going to go down next, and there's been a lot of a lot of stuff going on around around there as well. Um, but the vacancy rates in Armstrong Creek they tend, and that fluctuates on supply and demand. You know, you've got heaps of properties that come up at the same time, goes up, and then it comes back down, and that's just how 
new house and land pack or growth growth corridors alike. Um, Armstrong Creek has remained relatively low, and even during this time of the year, it usually goes up to about that three percent, but it has stayed around that two or lower. So it's still performing better than what it has previously. Um, but I'm, as an investor, taking property manager hat off. I'm always always look at the supply and demand side of growth corridors. And yeah. yeah. So how should we think about Geelong as a, like from a geographical boundary, how do we think about like, where is the, how do you picture it in your mind, I guess? Cause I always like to go into an area and I just see, Oh, well there's water here, but there's not many houses. So that must be like where, you know, like, is this the main area? Like, how do you kind of paint? It looks like it's very much decided to buy the M1 that's driving around it. Like, how do you think about it as a, as a whole to kind of encapsulate the, the area? Well, the conversation we're having now is going to be different in 10 years' time because of the amount of development that's happening in the northern suburbs. Um, so if you hone in on the Lara area and the northern suburbs there, that there is becoming the next growth corridor which is going to connect in with the current northern suburbs. And Lara is now a um, more of like an inner Geelong, like, you know, within 15, 20 minutes. Um, of there, but then there's also development that's happening next to um, next to Batesford as well in that area. And the more and more now Geelong is starting to expand out, and we've got areas like um, like Golden Plain Shire that is now becoming a you know you can live in Geelong. Um, that's the place that we've just invested in. We we invested in Golden Plain Shire because we could see that the growth opportunities over the next ten to fifteen years. Um, are going to be insane as more people are looking for lifestyle and things like that. Um, oh, wow. And hmm? what, what, what did you? What did you? Um, what did you? Did you buy some some decent sort of land in Golden Plains? Did you? We did, yeah. So the first oh. property that we that we bought it was in Highton, and it was a I call it trash to treasure investing. So we bought trash, but it was great location, good land ticked all the boxes, but it needed a lot of love. And we renovated it and just worked on time. So we we um, have that for eight years now. And we bought that. Do you want me to, sh- I don't know if you want me to go into details and share stuff of what we did there, but. No, that um, sounds cool. What? what yeah. Tell yeah. us, tell us the, yeah. obviously don't share the address, but tell us the. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> we. The brief. Um, like how, how, what, what did you do? Pretty much, we we renovated it, and we so we bought it for three sixty five. Yeah, and we are now the last valuation that we had on it was one point two five. Wow, what 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 did you do to the property as well? Like, what sort of reno? Was it full reno? Full reno, full indoor, yeah, inside and out. Like you wouldn't even recognize it. It's Ooh. yeah. Really, How much did really you spend good. on the Renault over like obviously you can't factor in the labor that you would have paid if you didn't do it yeah. a lot of it your the work yourself, but like from yeah. a cash perspective over those about, eight years, about 280 to 300 300k in the Renault Bloody hell. over time, yeah. That's a wow. that's a huge that's a huge Renault. Did you did you build a small tent, a small temple at that meditation room with um or something? Uh, that's that sounds. <laughs> I'm just thinking, what 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 would I spend 300k on a Renault? Well, did, we, did you we add extra rooms? Getting, yeah, we did add it. We did we did add extra rooms. We did a lot of external wow. stuff, repainted, um, put a, a outdoor area. 
um, put a lot of stuff into the into the backyard as well. So we've got we we ended up going right. What is the heightened market? What do people want if they're going to be going into into heightened? So it wasn't just yeah, gold plated taps. Yes, that was definitely part of it. Um, we went if we're going to do this and if we're going to make this ugly duckling great, then we're going to put our time and energy into it. So um, like even just going as far as putting the you know under sprinklers and all timed and da 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 and all that sort oh, of wow. thing um and yeah so and because it's got because it's 500 square meters from well 500 meters from heightened village walking distance we knew what it was going to what what it could possibly be so we went you know what if we're going to do it let's let's do it right but um so we ended up getting someone in in the final stages because we we did a lot of groundwork but we didn't have the we kept going around in circles you know how do we do the stairs how do we do this and then we just got someone external in to go right just do this like i wanted to put in spiral stairs from the beginning and the and um the you know my partner renovating they were like no spiral stairs it's done blah blah blah. and the first thing that the renovators said when we came in they're like we're putting reverse reverse spiral stairs in I'm like I told you I've spent like three years like you know just going around in circles about this and then it was just done um so it's really it was really important I guess for us at the end to um because there was a lot of complexities with it it's a 1955 home um so we got someone in who had done those um, sort of things before. So a bit of that cost went into, into the labor of getting professionals into to finish that out. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah. the, and because of like, and we ended up now leveraging off that. And then cool. we bought 13 and a half acre farmhouse within, it was like 13, 30 minutes from Geelong. And we're renovating that one at the moment. Yeah, that's that's unreal. So, what were the what were the signs that you were looking out for when you purchased that thing at three hundred and sixty five thousand? What did you see that no one else saw that that told you that this was going to be a one point two five million dollar property? What was it? It was all about it was all about location for one, and it was the fact that it was trash. Like when we went in, and um, we knew that we we had a budget of what we want to spend and we knew that we wanted to be in the 3216 area but we thought it was going to be more Grovedale Belmont at that time but the only thing that was going for us is that this house from the outside looked amazing but when you walked in all you saw was problems mm. but I'm very solutions focused so when I walked in I went right what are the things behind the closed doors that people aren't looking at when they come in and just see the trash and there was, you know, reverse cycle unit that had just been put in for $10,000. They'd put a five bay uh, garage at four metres high recently. There were, um, like, there, there were a lot of little things um, that they'd put in, but people straight away were coming in going, nah, too, too much. And I was probably a little bit naive. I was 23 um, when, when bought it as well. And I was like, yeah, we can do this. Um, it was a lot more, it was a lot more than what we could chew or like if you were to do it it's just a quick flip unless you had yeah. a lot of money to be able to do it but we just did it slowly over over time um and Unreal. we learned a lot of things yeah learned a lot of things made a lot of mistakes 
as you do, which probably added into the into the costings of stuff as well, while we ended up getting someone in to help out with the final stages. Um, but when we were looking at our next um, Renault, we were looking at simplicity of the build, like of the actual build itself, Structure. which is, yep, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. So, yeah, what... what... What other little insights did you learn that you could that you took from from that one? Because that sounds like you you saw this amazing thing that had potential for spiral staircases, and you you did well out of it. But it's like maybe that's not the quickest way to do these things. Uh, what else? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I I when when we were looking at our next Renault, I went eighteen to eighteen months to two years tops. Like I'm yep. I'm not going through a, a six to seven year Renault again. Yes, it's paid off. But time is also money as well. Like there was this one, there was this one point where we were like, do we finish off the renovation for the house or do we put the money that we have in equity into buying another investment property? And we had to make the choice to put that money into the into the property, which is now paid off. But that stopped us from being able to build our portfolio quicker because we had such a large project. So there was, there's a lot of those um, extra little things that were sort of conflicts at the time between do I just put it all into one basket or do we not put it all into one basket? Mm-hmm. So now that it's done, we've had renters in, we've had renters in there um, now and we've just decided to put it on the market and to, and to sell it. We took buyers through this week um, uh-huh. and it's purely because it's, it's done its thing. It's been great. Um, great experience, but now it's time to re-strategize our investment, um, our investment portfolio. Um, so now we're going to instead of having our, all of our eggs in one or two baskets, we're now going to, yeah, look at look at more cash flow positive properties and and buying in at a lower, yeah. So uh, lower. yeah, well, I mean, we're, pretty much starting the cycle again. we're pretty much just starting the cycle again. Yeah. yeah. So you. Um... So does that mean it's tax-free because it was your PPOR? It is now an investment property mm. for the last for the last twelve months. And they um, but yeah, not financial advice, Joe. But but Definitely. generally, you've got as long as there's no other PPOR, PPOR. So there's a six-year rule kind of situation mm. going on. So, um, but as always, people should speak to the ATO and or their accountant um, to cool understand. Bike. Oh yeah, I I just talk to my accountant because I don't know I, the ATO is just a pain in the backside to talk to. Like you got to go to fifteen <laughs> call, get transferred ten times, and yeah, stay on hold. So okay, so the, what what I found interesting is you told me there's a one point two million dollar property in in Geelong, but there's also super affordable pockets in Geelong as yeah, well. Let's kind of run, let's run them through, not run, but let's walk through the rest of Geelong at, mm. in, in the inner sanctum of Geelong. What, what does it look like? Cool. So when we're looking at the within, say, Geelong and, and 10Ks, the popular areas that generally get looked at are 3216. So we're looking at Belmont, Highton, um, Grovedale, Marshall. Well, Marshall's now going into, well, no, it's still two, 3216. Um, but that's been the um, most popular area. And then we look at Newtown, which is more like upmarket, higher end. And then Geelong West going into the northern suburbs of North Geelong and then you start going to Cryo and um, and Norlane from there and then you've got Bell Park. But um, what's been really interesting is that even though 
3216 or Heighton Belmont, that area, there's still there's still opportunities in there to buy, don't get me but wrong. But but the yields aren't necessarily making as much sense as what some other areas might be at the moment. Um, but if you're looking for something that's long term, you know that it's it's going to attract great renters, you know, relatively good rent is going to be returned out of it as well. Um, and then also the capital gains and the land value out of it. That's that's where um, 3216 has sort of been the, the safety net, I guess, for, for a lot of investors because they know that it's stable and it's, yeah, a bit of a, a, bit of a set and forget sort of thing. Um, and then Geelong West, so going into the north, going up towards sort of Cryonor, Lane Lara area. Um, that so what you were, area- what you were t- talking about here, so this, this map here is um, on microburbs, which is uh, for affluence score, and I think it actually – it actually cuts up Norlane quite nicely into like the pockets to understand. So what you were talking about right. here, um, mm. uh, Heighton, uh, this is the kind of, I mean, the nicer pockets, right? So the, the, the good looking areas um, where there's a lot of higher value properties are up here and up in here, here is Geelong mm. city and town. And then now we're going to some of the more affordable pockets up, up north, up in here. Mm. Yeah. And then you've Sorry, got the other cool. side as well, which will, yeah. So right now you're heading up into Cryo. Lara, Cryo. North, yeah, Norlane, yeah. Cryo, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But what's, um, what's been really, what was really interesting over the last couple of years is that when people couldn't afford to get into Highton or Newtown, those areas, they then started looking at Geelong West. And Geelong West um, almost became like a little, like little Fitzroy. Like everyone wanted to be in Geelong West. It was it was cool. You had Packington Street. You could walk to Geelong CBD. It was really great. Um, but now to get into there, you're looking at about you know 700 just to get an entry entry level. So the yields don't really make sense anymore. But then it started flowing on to North Geelong. And 18 months ago, I was looking at North Geelong, Bell Park, and Bell Post Hill as the areas that would continue to grow because of um, people that couldn't afford to get into, into the Geelong West market. Um, and they performed quite well. They've and now they're well, starting yeah. to, yeah, now the and now like they started off in the sort of like 450 to five and now they've headed up into the, into the sixes as well. So. Yeah. Well into the sixes like this, um, Hamlin Heights, Bell Post Hill. Yeah. You can see there's a is it, is it the train line? Um, there's like a geographical bound. Yeah, there's a the geographical. Yeah, if, yeah. Uh, there's a geographical bounds that stops that really changes the structure. Like all of these houses along here, there's a really nice um, university. Um, there's a whole heap of value up in in Bell Post Hill and and. Um, Bell Park and Hamlin Heights, like really, really nice area to drive through. I feel like if you you go there, you're like, this is nice. Yeah, uh, and then we get a little bit more affordable um, up in our. What's what would you consider? What well, you know what it's, but yeah, <laughs> well, the three three two one four area is that the yeah. what you're referring yeah. to? Yeah, yeah. 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 So um, yeah, you've got, and then you have. Cario and, and Nor Lane, which the prices had gone up a fair bit 
and then they came back down a little bit as well. So it has softened a little bit. But if we look at where they where it was 10 years ago to where it is now, there's been quite good growth. Um, and Joe, you'll know that. Um, you'll know that as well, knowing the, the Geelong market, the Geelong market well. Um, so you can still buy into this area for about 450k. Um, and the vacancy has remained really, really low because we talked about earlier that affordability is the is the biggest key um, at the moment. So three two one four vacancy is still sitting at zero point seven percent. And to to get a three bed one bath property that's been slightly updated, clean condition, you can get three seventy to four hundred per week. Um, and if you're getting that at that 450 range, then that's still a, a, a gross yield of 4.3 going into the 4.3 range. So there's still definitely opportunity there um, that's happening in that market. I'd say, I'd say four. I'd, yeah, that's probably four, four, 370, 370. Probably, probably, probably need to pay. <clears throat> so, um, so in terms of like, quality of tenant because if we have a look at the affluence score which you know none of this stuff is a hard science obviously there's pockets within nah. pockets um mm. how how much does it shift and and how are you finding actual tenants and rentals in in some of these more affordable pockets because if you had okay let's actually talk to it if you had four hundred thousand to four hundred and fifty thousand, where would you be putting that money if you had to invest in in the geelong market or what what, what do you have no choice but to invest in at that price range. Yeah. So if you're looking at, and mm. I'm not talking units, townhouses, no. things like that. I'm just yeah, three bed point. land, all that sort of thing. Cause there's a lot of other opportunities. Like there was an investor that recently bought one for 275. What's that? Um, and no, that, and that's oh. the thing. It was, it was a block of units and the, and the vendor had decided to subdivide them and make them into um, individual titled properties before they sold it and then they sold them for about 275 and then the rent that we're getting on them is about the yeah 275 a week as well so there's definitely those opportunities if you have a a smaller budget and if that works for you um but for the purpose of tonight yeah land looking looking at that as well um so i would yeah so the 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 real key areas that that have that um, is obviously the Cryo and Norlane area that we just talked about. And then also the other side of Geelong going towards more the coast. So if you go down and then to the that way a little bit, yep. Um, so in that little pocket there, there's Breakwater, Thompson, Newcomb, Whittington, the 3219 area. What's it? What's it like down here? Is this more industrial? Is it more owner occupiers is it more family like what what's what's kind of people are going to sit here depends around. which depends which little pocket you go into yeah mm-hmm. so we've got Moolat, which is more industrial uh yeah. we have newcomb which is a larger like family area whittington is uh was originally same as cryo norlane which was primarily social housing um, which is now a mix between the two it's starting to gentrify those um those two areas um, and then you also have East Geelong. So East Geelong is, is quite a tight pocket to get into and the, well, the owner-occupier to, to um, renter is about the 30% 
uh, well, 70% owner occupied um, last time I looked at the stats. Um, so there's, there's definitely the little pockets within pockets when you're looking at suburbs because our suburbs actually range to be quite big and there's a couple of suburbs within that. So even just looking at 3219, um, you've got, you know, Whittington, Breakwater and, and Newcomb, which you can get into, or even Thompson as well, which you can get into at that like 450 to 485 range. Um, and then you can get yields of about that 4.5 to 5%, depending on what you're looking at. Um, but then you've got Newcomb and you can still find properties in that 450 range, but a lot of work needs to be done. If you want something that's already done in Newcomb, then you're going into the 500s. So there's definitely pockets mm. within pockets. I, I like that good um, where, where there's sort of disparity because I suppose it, as long as you're willing to do some work, if you're not, if you want the finished product, then if you, as as Steve Ignite uh, sort of says, Joe, you buy 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 problem, sell solution. So if you're mm. buying the solution, then you're going to pay more for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no value add on on top of that um anyone has any questions about geelong or about the area throw them throw them in in the comments and we can we can kind of hit on touch should we, on should we go through a couple now joe I've, <laughs> I've already started a couple um this is maybe a bit punk tongue-in-cheek from aaron he said is this infrastructure spending actually happening like have you got that uh, infrastructure going? depends what depends what council or government you ask yep. yeah <laughs> Is that infrastructure it's, 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 a, it's a loaded question and that's probably a whole other session within itself but um there is there there have been upgrades that have been happening around around the area yeah a lot of it has gone into um a lot of it's gone into uh, and, and it has cut back now a bit but it went into the creative and arts and and things like that for a little bit um a lot of focus went into building the council building um as well and there's um a lot of apartments that are being built within geelong cbd as well and then surrounding that you've got um you know the spirit of tassie that's just come in so they did a lot of infrastructure work around that to make that happen um and then you've also got um connecting melbourne to the bellarine peninsula as well so port phillip ferries runs through that as well so connecting Geelong and Melbourne has definitely been a um a been a focus. Yeah. Also they, they spent um I mean this is not that recent, this is probably what three or four years ago, but they spent that sort of what was the how much they spent on GMBH I don't know, yeah, that's that Geelong Canadian Park yeah. used to be. Cats. What what they what did the- yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a bit yeah. of uh, bit of memories because they absolutely belted the Swans in the grand final last year, and again <laughs> this year by ninety odd points. But anyway, we won't talk about that. But um, they yeah. spent several hundred million dollars on that, didn't they? The redevelopment yeah, of that, which was yeah, great. Did. But the interesting thing, Joe, is when when we, I suppose, how 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 long? Like I know someone Presley talked about sporting stadiums as indicators, but they don't really create that many jobs, though, do they, Joe? No, I think the some of the interesting ones are like the um, the ferry, uh, the Spirit of Tasmania is a bit of a bit of an interesting one. Um, access to the city uh, via the, the the fast rail, um, they're they're some of the ones to look out for, um, where they're actually adding you know ease of use and more people with money to be able to commute. Like I live I live in Cronulla in New South Wales. And to get into the city, it takes me 50 minutes on a train. 
and that's not a problem for me because you know it's only 50 minutes and i can you know i commuted commute to the city all the time so it's absolutely fine so it's like as long as you kind of keep it within that that 50 minute an hour mark um as long as you can speed that up more people are going to be more interested to be able to do it yeah and that kind of that talks this one back to the office i saw saw earlier this week um well, last week, NAB, uh, my former employer, was um, getting people back in the office. And CBA, I, I see this week as well, talking mm. um, talking about getting people back in the office, which is yeah. just interesting because, I don't know, I, I think people are probably generally more productive from home. But, yeah, anyway, well, I suppose and, old uh, line of thinking. And one of, the, one of the trends that we've Definitely seen not. is that even, even if, where um, even if it's a couple, you know, couple, no kids, um, they will look for a three-bedroom now because they want that extra space for an office or they've got a, a side hustle that they, you know, either do podcasting or or something like that. So the the the, the flexibility of, of working from home has definitely um, changed the way that people look at things as well. But there are more people that are now deciding to, to commute again um which when they look at Geelong they go okay well let's look at um going into the northern suburbs like North Geelong because then I can just get straight onto the freeway and then I'm good to go I'm there in 50 minutes or an hour and we're all good like um we were helping a a a family uh, relocate and they were specifically looking at anywhere that was close to the freeway that they could that they could go because they're even though they wanted to move back down to Geelong for family um, he still had to commute back to Melbourne two to three days a week. So they wanted to make sure that it was going to be a convenient a convenient drive. So there is still that real connect between Geelong and Melbourne now and there's a lot of that exchange that still happens even if we're going back, even if we're going back to work. Yeah. And I, I want to ask this question as well. Um, we're sort of jumping around a little bit here. But I think this one's interesting. What, what do you reckon of Karaya for developing? I'll, I'll throw this one to Joe first and then, well, Sophie, yeah, what's, I, I reckon you both. <laughs> have heaps of great input but what do you think joe about do you want to go with that joe well um you're the cryo cryo king oh, i don't know about cryo king they make it they make a, they make a <laughs> netflix series about you the last uh, <laughs> the last cryo king um yeah i think i think there's infill it, like if you can do some infill but there's so many pockets within within cryo that you just do not want to be in um in my my opinion so you just need to be very very particular about where where you're going um there are there is some there is some space where developing can happen and they're still cutting up little you know plots as long as you kind of like it's over this side of the road over the princess highway it's a complete uh, sorry freeway um it's a different world so yeah i think if you can choose land that that works for you in a good little pocket yeah absolutely if, if the numbers and, and it's i don't think it's a case of build it and they will come kind of thing because mm. as, as joe said I, I think there's there's definitely kind of pockets where if you build a product that you've overcapitalized and built something sort of even medium or high spec mm. and then like it's just sort of are you spending way too much in that particular pocket so it's mm. it's where you lean right. on people like sophie yeah. um mm. people who are in in this market day in day out and understand yeah. the yeah. Pockets. And, and I'm I'm really seeing the opportunity here in the northern suburbs. So, for example, we've had Barwon Health that have moved from Geelong CBD out into North Geelong, or it's actually Norlane um, that yeah. they've that they've moved into. And around that around that area, there's also um, like LeisureLink have also gone there as well. 
Um, and then we've, and then around certain pockets within North Lane, North Geelong, um, that are sort of closer to the highway, close proximity to CBD, um, there have been um, townhouse developments that have performed pretty well, like from a occupancy side of side of things. What's the new building that's around this 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 area here? Isn't there? Is that what you were talking? Where about? am I looking? My is, eyes are not that good. Princess Highway, um, in Nor yep. Lane, opposite the uh, opposite the old uh, factory. Are we looking at the Bunnings? Yeah, op- yeah, around Bunnings. It was a big development. I drove past, and uh, it was like a it was a health clinic. Yeah, or health. Now, okay, that was that. Okay, because that's massive. Mm. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's interesting that, because uh, uh, probably seven or eight years ago, I don't, it could be longer, but there was the Ford factory closure and, and Target yeah. got out of well, Target head office move from Geelong as well. And it sort of sounded like there was a lot of negativity and a bit of a death knell around Geelong, but I think it became a lot more resilient. It's because health kind of moved a bit to Geelong. And yeah. what medical, what yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's very big. So we've got Epworth down here. We've got um, a lot of, a lot of, um, healthcare stuff has gone has gone into Geelong so we're outside of the um the era where Ford and manufacturing cars and things like that were were the focus and Alcoa as well um had 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 come down as well but it was just an end of an era of of what Geelong was and now um Geelong is just going into into a new a new era, which comes with other opportunities and, and other needs as well. So, um, the amount of people that are moving down because the uh, amount of nurses and doctors and specialists that are needed in Geelong um, is is becoming really really high demand. And we've also got um, the NDIS space is really growing in the Geelong region as well. Yeah, and and then obviously you've got Deakin University. Um, yeah. that, that employs 1,500 people by the waterfront. Well, um, not, but yeah. And then you've got um, 7,000 people for Barwon Health. Um, I just think there's so much, there's so much potential. Um, yeah. Like WorkSafe is down in Geelong. Broad. Energy Australia is now down in Geelong as well. They moved down from Melbourne and they're now. And yeah. in, in the next um, 18 years, so I'm just reading about this is um, on ID or forecast.id. It's saying the city of Greater Geelong, it's forecast to grow from 282 to 396,000 in, in 18 yeah. years. Hmm. And we haven't even touched on the Com Games either. Oh, yeah. That's, did, oh, Tell us about Geelong, that. Did, Ge- did Geelong get the Commonwealth Games? Yeah. Well, I think they're spending $650 million to get that facility up, up and running. Hmm. So, so what is it? Can you tell us a little bit about that, or is it just as as easy as that? <laughs> it's just it's just on? as easy as that. Yeah, it's no point going in going into it that much. But the one of the biggest things that I've that I've seen is that there's a lot of construction already developing and money going into Geelong to get ready, and the short term accommodation market has been really quite good um, for that reason as well. Like where we've got um, majority of our income for our short-term accommodation comes from um, construction workers that have come from interstate or Melbourne or others, yeah, from from all different areas because of the amount of work that's being done in Geelong. 
Wow. Okay. So what, what about what about the what about the negatives though? What 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 are we sort of seeing? Because I, I I feel I feel like Geelong's yeah, quite, like very positive, which which I love. Yeah, I love positivity. Yeah. What I are mean, the negatives? One of the biggest negatives for me is the the rental yield. It yeah. is not a high rental yield. So, like, you know, I, I've been buying in, in in Western Australia and South Australia, and a five percent yield is the minimum the minimum standard of, of what you're getting for your money. Um, right now, Even Geelong Queensland is, to some extent as well. It, like maybe depending on where in Queensland, but yeah, very true, very true. So, mm-hmm. like, if I've got, you know, if if I need a cash cow, like not a cash cow, but if I, I have, you know, a thousand dollars to, to have as my kitty every single month, I save that amount of money. And then when I buy a property, it takes half of that or three quarters of that. I'm not really saving for my next deposit to go for the next one. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to look for a property in a location that's going to give me those yields. And why are the yields so, so low? Because I don't know. I don't want to say they're incredibly low, but they are incredibly low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the average, yeah. But but Geelong has never really been known for its yields. Mm-hmm. If we if we look at it, it's like the the yields don't really make that sense. Make that much sense. There have been times where you know we're looking at um, you know three two one nine. You can get a gross yield of four point nine seven, depending on what sort of deal you're looking at, which is pretty pretty good getting up it's getting there um but but most but most suburbs don't perform like that um the biggest um i guess positive going back to positives is is that it's (laughs) it's more about the long term you know with um you know i know that joe has shared his story about how much uh capital that you've that you've ended up gaining as a as a result of it, which has been more of a long term thing, but your yields or the the rental return isn't necessarily making sense. But the price that you bought in to it, like relatively works works out. You bought mid two, didn't you, Joe? Was it mid two? Oh yeah, I paid. So I bought in Geelong for two hundred eighty. Yeah, I bought in North Lane. So North Lane is that little northern suburbs yeah. um, up in here. Um, actually bought right opposite, right opposite the Bunnings. So when I was doing my renovation, it was super useful. Um, I paid two hundred eighty thousand dollars. The site is subdividable one into two. Um, right. you can probably see it somewhere along here, wherever the heck I am. Yeah, I remember. I remember a live Joe. You once um, there was the you tried to hide the address, but you, you could see the address. I was like, oh, <laughs> just get rid of that so, damn address. Get rid of get rid of the address. So you can see like um, there are pockets getting getting chewed up um but the area that the the pocket that i'm buying on is the the the, anyway i bought it for two hundred eighty thousand. um we did a renovation for that cost twenty two thousand dollars and uh it was then revalued at three hundred and sixty thousand. so that's great right this is the reason why you need to add value to your property because then i just got you know something you know the majority of my deposit back which then allowed me to go for the next one um so great do do value add strategies um Mm. but there is also um Holding it, like holding in a good location, works. It got from three hundred and sixty thousand to five hundred and fifty in two years. So that property now, with the renovation, is worth five hundred fifty thousand, which I can go use and do whatever I want. So it's kind of like, like I, I, I do think there's super duper value in. I think there's value in value add, um, but then it's like just choose a good location that that where the numbers stack up and um, where there's desirability infrastructure. Um, and uh, and then you can ride that capital growth wave. 
Yeah. And correct me if I'm um, wrong, though, Sophie, but what, what you were probably getting at is over time, the yields based on purchase price will improve. Yeah. Oh, well, that's it. And, and even just looking at the last at the last 10 years, the the value of a property has continued to, to go up pretty much in every suburb across Geelong. Um, so the numbers, when looking at the data and the, and the number of people playing the long-term game and they're looking for an area where they know that it's it's going to attract renters, the vacancy rates aren't going to be, um, you know, you're not going to be losing money on the property sitting there vacant for, for too long. Um, it's been a good safe bet as part of someone's strategy to have that stability and that and that slow growth um, over over a longer period of time. But, of course, if you're looking for something that's just straight up, you know, just cash flow positive, um, then Geelong's does have Probably its drawbacks in that, in that review. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So have, have you had, um, I mean, are there, are there many sort of horror rental stories in your time as property manager? Like maybe one or two, but hopefully not too many. But what, what should things be looking out for when they're, when they're becoming a landlord in Geelong? Like what sort of things do they need to be aware of that may not be elsewhere? Apart from the yield, That may not be elsewhere. Yeah. It's a hard um, yeah, it's a very, it's, it's a, it's a broad question. Look, I'm, I'm very lucky in a sense where even when the last couple of years with rent freezes and, and renters, you know, stop paying rent and going to VCAT and all that sort of thing, I haven't had to go. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't had to go to VCAT. We didn't have any rent freezes, didn't have to do any rent reductions. Um, so even though there's been a lot of, a lot of hurt that's that's sort of happened to investors over the last couple of years. Um, the relationships that we've built with both of our landlords and tenants have been really good, um, and we've just got a really good vetting process. So when we are processing applications, I don't do the celebration of oh, you know, we've leased it in one day and all that sort of thing because if we have applications come in and they're not going to be suitable and they're not going to be uh, long term then the last thing that I want is to put them in for the short term and then realise that they're not the right fit and then they have to leave in six mm. or 12 months' time and then spending more money on letting fees. And and the way that I say it is it's it's my job to make sure that you don't have to pay me every 12 months to find you another tenant. Like I want long-term tenants. Um, so the like the, I, I guess it's more just the vetting process and no matter what area you're in, you're always going to deal with um, you know, different levels of affluence, um, you know, the socioeconomic side of it. But overall, it just comes down to the way that you um, read people, the the accountability that you give them about their responsibilities of being a renter as well. Um, and to be honest, I'm actually quite lucky. Like, yeah, you get, I've, I could tell you some horror stories, um, but that's probably, yeah, story stories for, for another time. But over, um, over a beer or wine, perhaps, or, a, or a yeah. maybe, <laughs> maybe in our session next week where everyone's yeah. coming. Segway. Here's the link. Here's the link again, guys. Sign up to it. Join us. Somebody, somebody buy Joe a cardboard cutout of me so he's not, he doesn't get too long. He's not alone. <laughs> Um, I'm interested. So let's just, well, not pretend there are people out there that haven't invested in Victoria. Um, was it last year? No, a couple of years ago now, actually, there was new tenancy rules that have come in. So yeah. in 
you know, in other pockets in South Australia, in WA, loosey-goosey. The rules are very much sided with the, the owner, the, the landlord. Victoria's not as clean-cut. It's very much um, ve- uh, tenant-focused. So can you give us a bit of a run-through of what, what legislation came in now and what it means and how uh, someone should approach investing in Victoria? Mm. So if we look at it over a long term and what's been happening, the changes didn't, they weren't really a shock um, to to me. And I, the way that I see it is that there was a scale of I'm the landlord, you're the tenant. Like that was sort of happening for, for, for quite some time. And then I believe that this was their, or the government's or, you know, their way of trying to balance it. But now it's, gone the other way and but but what we've what I've seen is that it's like how's the best way to trying to think of the most diplomatic way to say this um a tenant's protected species is that what we're saying like in yeah I, I think that it's I think that it's swung <laughs> I think it swung that way because um, there there were a lot of things that should have been done over time that weren't done, such as doing property maintenance, taking care of the property, moulding Rent increases as well. Yeah, well, yeah, that that too. Um, and that was the that was Victoria's way of trying to go. No, we're going to protect the tenants and make sure that they don't have to live live in these standards. And really, it's it's this like it, it probably only makes about 10% of, of what's actually happening in, in the real world. Um, but, you know, one of the biggest things was pets. Like there was this whole thing that came out about pets and tenants were allowed to have pets and all that sort of thing. But that was on the media. But when you, when, when you look at the way that it actually reads, the tenant still needs to ask for a pet, but now the owner can't reasonably refuse but the way that it's been put on the way that it's been put on the media is that oh no tenants are just allowed to have pets and we're going to have pets in the properties and all that sort of thing no there's still a pet clause there's still there's still things that they have to do and there's still um um you know like when they when they go to vacate there's still responsibilities that they have to maintain the property if there's damages and all, all those sort of thing as well um but that change started happening about six or seven years um, prior prior to that happening, because there was uh, there was a case that that came out that the the landlord was saying, well, no, I don't want the pet in my property. But then the tenant argued that the that they have a human right to have a pet, and the Human Rights Act is well above the Residential Tenancies Act, and they yeah. won and they won the case. Um, but so this is something that's been happening over time as people's love for pets. Um, and, you know, they're their babies now and all those sort of things. They, it's been their way of trying to balance it out and go, no, you have a right to have a pet, but it doesn't mean that the tenants still don't have accountability and responsibility to make sure that they're doing the right things. Yeah. Um, so, so what are some of the other, like, dot points of these, what, what these new changes are? So yeah. pets allow, allow pets for, you know, pretty much any reason. That's, yeah. that's one of them. Um, um, yeah. And, and then... You've got the uh, rent increases and now can only be done every 12 months uh, rather than six months. So the, notice, yeah, the notice 
notice to vacate um, for no reason. So that doesn't exist anymore. You can't give a 120 day no notice anymore. Um, and then the 90 day notice can only happen at the end of the first fixed term lease. And then after the, yeah. So we can say, hey, you can leave now in 90 days, but not for no, any yeah. reason. It has to have a reason. So it's, a, it's just end of fixed term lease, 90 days. But then if they, if you decide to uh, renew a lease for another 12 months, then that doesn't exist anymore. You can't give them another 90 day notice because they're end of fixed lease. Wow. So it's, okay. yeah. So, yeah. so, so you, then, you, know, you have a tenant in theory that's fantastic the first 12 months or whatever the term lease. And then the second, they could, I mean, it doesn't, wouldn't usually happen, but they could hmm. become sort of nightmare tenants. And then you can't then say, oh, well, your lease is up. We're going to move you on. Yeah. Okay. And what about painting walls? What's the, what's the go with that? Now, I heard that the tenant can paint the wall whatever color they want. Hmm. Yeah, they can, I, don't really they, like, I don't really like they, black as a color. I want my walls they, to be white. <laughs> But they, they can, okay. but they still need to they still need to, to to rectify it at the end of the of the tenancy unless it's been approved by the owner. So okay. But then I mean this is, you know, eight hundred dollar white here for just this mm. wall alone. They then paint twenty dollar blue over the top and then they paint fifty dollar white over the top again. How is that putting it back? Like that's where it gets like these gray areas of, yeah. oh, I don't really, I don't know if that, that's a good idea. I think exactly. like, how do you, yeah. how do you kind of, how do you say that? No, no, that's, they take a photo that's fully painted. No, no, it's, it's rubbish. You've, you've gotten a spray can and spray painted it white. That doesn't, <laughs> that's not, that's not the same thing. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. And, and to be honest, since, since these changes have come out, I haven't had a tenant go, Hey, I'm going to paint this green. And yeah. there's nothing you can do about it. There's I've I've walked in every every six months. The walls have still been the same color. <laughs> so you're too, you're, too, you're too cynical, Joe. Yeah, I mean most people aren't laying laying awake at night thinking, oh crap, what can I do to this house to make make my <laughs> landlord's life a, a nightmare? Yeah. And and if yeah. if yeah, I'd be I'd be concerned if Joe comes up to no, nah, I'm sure yeah. Joe would be a great tenant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. and pay the bill. <laughs> the tenants the tenants definitely do have a lot of rights compared to to what they had previously um but i don't really see it as a negative because like i said from the beginning it's about having a a relationship with them and and, and a conversation with them about their rights and responsibilities and if they're treated like it's their home if they're treated with that they feel valued they feel respected they can have a conversation um it generally doesn't become that much of a much of a problem. And what about compliance? Um, what are some of the things we just bought an investment property? Um, mm. It was owned previously an owner occupier. They didn't care about anything. Um, they just left. You know, sixty fifty years old or whatever it is. What are some of the compliance things that we need to think about? Yeah, so there's the safety audit, um, mm. which needs to be done, checking smoke alarms every 12 months, and then the gas appliances and the electrical appliances every two years. That mm. first came in in 2021, and then in 2023, it then was it, it then took it a step further, and now all switchboards need to meet a minimum requirement for um, RCDs to have the residual current devices in there as well. Um, so that's definitely another cost that, that we look at and that's why I always, before 
looking at a property for an investor, I always look at switchboards. I know what to look for now. I'm not an electrician, but I've seen enough of them now to to be able to factor in what those costs are. Yeah. yeah. And, and in um so in in Queen in Queensland they have requirements around um like your smoke alarm must be set up in this way um to the new legislation. But when you're buying it, that's not the case, is it? It's just you're buying it as is and your job as a new owner is to put those things. So it's not the vendor's yeah. responsibility to fix those things. It's your responsibility. Yeah. Unless, and, and it's always Already good done. to know what, it's always good to factor in those costs beforehand to make sure that it's not going to blow over at, or, you know, go, go eat into your cost too much. It definitely needs to be taken into consideration when you're putting the numbers together. So how much is it to do those? Like, like let's say there's no compliance whatsoever in a property, like, no RCDs, none of that stuff. What, yeah. what, what would we be adding to our Stand, cost? Standard switchboard. If you have to do a full switchboard upgrade, it's been around that eleven hundred to thirteen hundred dollars, depending on oh. the complexity. Oh, and wow. if, if it's oh, just did, the, one, did one in Queensland, it cost me six grand. <laughs> was sorry, the wiring off. really bad, or what was the? I think the wiring yeah. couldn't take it. If the wiring's all dodgy and stuff as well, then that's that's a whole other job within itself. But if it's just wiring's okay, but it doesn't meet compliance, take it off, put put another one on. You're looking at around eleven eleven to to thirteen hundred dollars. Um, if there there was this thing where um, there were like cool switchboard upgrades need to be done. This is what it's going to going to cost. But then I started um, realizing that a lot of them don't necessarily need to have a full upgrade to meet compliance. So now we work with our safety auditors to understand which ones require a full upgrade and which ones just need a couple of RCDs and stuff to meet compliance. So we've been able to bring the cost down completely um, in those situations. Yeah, nice. Um, okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, this has been a very insightful chat. I want to start um, answering some of the questions that, that people have in here yeah. and then also chat to, like, what are your best top, like, picks of areas and suburbs where you're like, you know what, this is this is the place to look at because, you, you you know, you've got, you got your place for $1.2 million. If I had $1.2 million and looking to invest it somewhere, I definitely wouldn't be putting that type of capital in the Geelong market. But if I had another certain price range, I would be thinking definitely that there's some long-term opportunity there. So we're going to run our last ad and then we can chat to that. A couple of price points. There's nothing worse than going into a situation unprepared, especially when that situation is purchasing one of the most expensive assets of your life against a trained property expert in the form of a real estate agent. It's a scary thought but it is a skill that can be taught. Do you want to learn how to become fully prepared when buying a property so you can get out there, buy your dream home or investment property without the fear of actually messing it up? Scott Agate, the founder and expert property negotiator at Hello House, has been helping people buy their properties by stepping in and negotiating with the agents and saving his clients tens of thousands and in some cases hundreds of thousands of dollars. Scott has now decided to share all that he's learned over the past 28 years in real estate so you can go out there and do the exact same thing on how to find a property, analyze that property, negotiate on that property and transact on it to get the best results. He's created the Get Buyer Ready course which is a step-by-step guide on how you too can become an expert property negotiator. It's the easy way of how you can avoid all of these agent games and get the best purchase price on that dream home or your investment property. 
The course is in short bites for busy people with no fluff at all. Just all the information you need to get buyer ready and secure that next property with confidence at the best price. Scott has been kind enough to give our community a massive discount with the link below. Sign up today before you even think about putting an offer on that next property and it will be one of the best decisions you ever make. Boom. That's what we want. We're back. Good <laughs> so <clears throat> what, what I was going to say, should we get into opportunities first? Uh, first show? Well, so yeah. That's what they are. Should we talk to different different price points? So I, I, I broke this up and, and feel free to correct my price points. But I think mm-hmm. the first one I'd be looking at is if you had between sort of 400 to 500. And if you want to drop that to 350, up to you. But I, I think below Where are you going to get 350? Well, you could. I reckon cry. Definitely, there's properties in there, but you, you're going to have to get your hands really dirty. Um, yeah. You could pick something up the high freeze. But yeah, drop the free 50 if you want, but 400 to 500, where would you, where are some opportunities? Yeah, so I would be, I'd be looking at um, Cryo Nor Lane would be if you're looking into the northern, into the northern suburbs. And then if you're looking at the eastern Eastern suburbs, um, then you're looking at Breakwater, Thompson, Whittington, and then Newcomb, but Newcomb's heading into that sort of 500 unless you're going to do a little bit of work. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and there's, there's those um, these more um, southern suburbs that you're talking about here, so Whittington, Newcomb, um, these are surrounded by some, like Tom, uh, Thompson, they're surrounded by very expensive areas as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which yep. is kind of what you want to see. You want to see a little bit of a ripple effect. Norlane and Cario is surrounded by itself. Cario mm. is Cario by itself, um, and there's a lot of pockets within Cario that are a little bit, a little bit, you know, rough. Um, mm. Which is which is fine, and there are some really good pockets in there as well that I think um, there is some some value. Norlane's here here standalone, um, but then there's some geographical boundaries that stop it from kind of getting taken in. So this pocket here, I think is considered, is this part considered part of Norlane? Maybe it's down here. Um, But it's when you start to get into these areas, it gets a little bit more expensive. Um, And this area, Bell Post Hill is really affecting the prices of, of Bell Park because of how nice it is. Um, And you start to see that ripple effect. And that's kind of what I think you're talking about here is like these areas are, like how much is East Geelong? Like what's the, I mean, obviously you don't know if the, you may not know off the top of your head. But... 800, I'd say. Could be wrong, yeah. But... To get in, to get oh, into East Geelong, if, if it's something entry level, it needs a lot of work. You'd be, you might find something around that 750. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. right. So 750 here and then, mm-hmm. you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 streets away you're here at 450, 500. Interesting. Yeah. And it's the rental the, the year in Geelong, It's horrible. Oh, yeah, because you're paying seven hundred you're paying seven hundred thousand dollars. But if you're buying something at five hundred thousand dollars and you're getting four hundred and fifty dollars a week rent, um, mm. rather interesting. Oh. Um, so you like Whittington as well. And everything, yeah, like if you're looking at Thompson, Breakwater. Just over the bridge is going into Belmont, 3216 area, Marshall, and it's right next to the growth to the growth corridor. And then if you go and then if you continue to go further up, if you're in Newcomb, which is right next to East Geelong, that's right near the waterfront. So you can spend 
450 to 500 dollars and be almost within walking distance depending how long you want to walk you can take the eastern loop and you're on and you're on the waterfront or you're in geelong cbd that's 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 very interesting like i mean well it's not very interesting when i say that i'm like i want to go on maybe we shouldn't talk about these kind of these potential arbitrage i mean so what is the reason why nukem is a lot cheaper is it just more kind of the the demographics of the area like what why is it so much why yeah, it was a neighborhood neighborhood watch area for some time. Yeah, yeah. So Newcomb, Newcomb, Whittington, um, and Breakwater tend to didn't have the the best reputation over the last ten to fifteen years. St Albans Park was the first one, and I saw that someone just mentioned um, St Albans Park. That was really the first area that that um, sort of became more like the prestige area of 3219, I guess. Um, so to, to to buy in there, you are looking at a higher price bracket now. So as an investment, the yields don't make sense unless you are within that price, within that price range. But then um, Whittington, Whittington's still a little bit lower um, relative because it is, it's sort of like a cryonor lane, like it's 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 its own suburb within within a suburb it's quite a quite a large area um but then when you look at east geelong and looking at the the little pockets that are just outside of outside of east geelong and that's when you start looking at newcomb breakwater thompson um they're starting to get a lot of momentum because of its because it's cheap and because it, it provides a really great a really great lifestyle that's what we want okay so that's the four up to 450 so now you have what is it 450 to 500 550 where are we yeah no. if you're going into the yeah it was, 475. Uh, it was... Hmm. what are you saying yeah. Jeff? Are we it say, was four, four to five so the, the next bracket i was i was throwing in was probably five to five to six hundred is, is, yeah. is that too well, big yeah, of a, or 500 to, to 650 or we can we can go as long as you want, want. yeah yeah, so if you're going if you're going into the five five to six hundred, um, you you can start looking at Belmont Grovedale, but that's sort of going into the into more into the five high fives now sixes, um, Bell Park, Bell Post Hill. Um, is starting to to get up there as well, and then you can start looking at St Albans Park when you're when you're in that in that as well. Um, but then you've got areas that start opening up, such as uh, Marshall, which is in three two one six, but it's right next to the Growth Corridor. So why do you like Marshall? Because I see Marshall, and I see a large land supply, and I see small blocks all huddled mm-hmm. together, very yeah. tightly. Um, what, what, what's drawing you to to Marshall? It's a interesting. I had an interesting conversation today. <laughs> <laughs> he told you about it as well. Yeah, he told me all yeah. about his ideas. Um, look, to, to be honest, Marshall's not personally on my radar. Um, you you need you, you get about a four eighty per week return for something that you're spending upwards of five seventy five to six hundred for. So to me, it it doesn't make sense when you're looking at it from an investment point of view. Um, but it is a 
um, it's a good, it, it is a good location if they, if you are looking at being on that side, but you don't want to be as far as Armstrong Creek and dealing with all the infrastructure and road issues and stuff that are happening with the growth that's happening in Armstrong Creek. So Marshall's been, been, been a good area for, for that. Um, mm. Yeah, Kieran uh, had went on um, about his about his love for Marshall and the growth that's going to be going to be happening there. And if the if the property price range was in a lower range, I would probably be as excited. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what what happens in that area, but um, I'm not as excited about that area as what I am other areas. Yeah. So as an investor. Yeah. What are your top picks for for long term long term capital growth for for Geelong? Like what what are your what are your top three suburbs that you really, really think, you know what, I'm gonna invest five hundred and it's gonna turn into a lot more than that? Or um yeah, like because you, you say I'm gonna put a million in, you're probably not gonna get one point five. But if you put five hundred in probably going to get 850 or 700 in, yeah. in a certain amount of time where are those where are those kind of pockets for you i know you've meant you've probably meant you've already mentioned them in this session but yeah yeah let's rattle them all yeah let's 18 months ago <laughs> 18 months ago if i had the money i would have been going into bell park bell post hill or north geelong they were they were my picks and i was correct <laughs> because seeing what the prices were compared to what they are now there has been growth in there um but i just couldn't buy um but anyone who had purchased had had purchased in there um have seen relative you know relatively good good growth um but then right now i'm personally if i am going to be investing into the geelong market um which i am looking at geelong but i'm also looking at cash flow and all those sort of things as well. So I'm not, I'm, Geelong has been my market as a, as a property manager and as a place that I live. But when I look at an investment strategy, I'm also looking at outside like Colac as well, which is an area that we haven't even talked about. Um, yeah, Interesting. It's, Colac. Yeah. It's a bit, whole, whole other, whole other area. Yeah. But if I was just looking in the, in the Geelong market, it would be the um, pockets within Norlane and Cryo. I definitely would look at look at that, um, but I'm more favouring personally towards the um, three two one nine Newcomb uh, Newcomb Thompson Breakwater area. If I'm looking yeah. at just straight up returns and long term growth. Yeah, so you're saying Bell Post Hill and Bell Park have kind of um, they had a great run. Um, they're now trying to hand the hand the torch over to some of these more affordable pockets that that can still mm. reach that that new height mm. yeah okay mm. well one thing one thing that i think is very very important in the geelong market is um there's a lot like i've been to a lot of suburbs a lot of towns in in australia there are a lot of not spots in geelong it's very very important that you go to these places and look at every single street because it's not as like there are other suburbs where it's very clear that it's just this little square here don't ever just don't go there and it's an entire circle whereas it's like no this street is really good this street is really bad this street is really good the top of this street's really bad but then when you get down to the bottom here it's okay so i think um local knowledge is um boots on the ground and local knowledge use those to your advantage because you're going to have to as a, as a property investor because you can definitely get stuck in these markets i think we can get too mm. you can buy really bad like a like a like carayo is is known for its 
uh, roughness, but there are pockets where you you can understand why. <laughs> you kind of just, just go there and check it out. So I, um, yeah, this has been an awesome session. This has been really good. I think it's I think it's broken down and helped understand the the Geelong market a little bit more. Um, are there any other kind of insights and tips to share with um, Geelong? Yeah, I think it's just I think the 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 main thing is really understanding that Geelong as a whole is not just hey this is Geelong. There's mm-hmm. so many pockets within pockets and suburbs within suburbs and streets within streets that it's really good to um have someone that that can sort of give you those insights to be able to um provide that provide that feedback and make sure that you know exactly what you're what you're getting um, and really looking at the numbers as well because when we're looking at vacancy rates and yields they vary so so widely yeah and I also think that it's a market for value add as well there are there are areas and pockets like and, and there are a lot of unrenovated properties in in certain areas, but mm. there's also a massive price disparity between renovated and unrenovated. So you always yeah. want to look out for that as well. Um, that was exactly like that that one that I was talking about in Norlane. I saw mm. the opportunity. I, I bought it for two hundred and eighty, and I added a fifteen hundred dollar wall, turned it into a three bedroom, and would it sell for you know three hundred and sixty on the market? No. But as soon as I called up RP Data and changed the number from a two bed to a three bed it fit that median price rp data and the banks then saw that opportunity they said oh well that's a three bedroom the medium house for that price is is 360 it's not a two bed now it's a three bed so those type of things are a great way to get equity and use it that way so yeah there's those those opportunities exist out there especially the the layouts actually now that i think about it, the layouts of the house lend themselves to that much easier Hmm. are you seeing a lot of people doing that Doing like um to converting rooms and 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 bathrooms and things, like adding yeah. one, adding a new room, adding a new bathroom. Yeah, well, even even the one that um that I went through today, I always look at it from a what would be the easiest way to be able to add capital value because if we're looking at um well just say looking at three two one nine three two one four, there most of them are three bed one bath but there's a lot of floor plans that lend themselves to be able to do a renovation to either add an extra bathroom or, um, you know, add a, or there's a, another living area or another study that might be big enough to be able to add an extra bedroom. And my only advice there is do the numbers on both. Mm. You know, is it, is it worth putting the money in it now? Is it actually going to, to get you the returns? And if it is, great, put the work into it. If not, then it might be something that gradually happens. Gradually happens over time. Um, there's a great question that's come up, and and we'll um, we'll wrap up um, pretty soon. Um, Geelong is also good for rooming, um, so that's a statement, but also a question, I guess. Is Geelong good for rooming houses? That's from that's from Lisa, so oh, a Geelong local. Oh well, a Geelong local with rooming. <laughs> Yeah. So, and, and Lisa might be more qualified to talk about the, the rooming side of it. I have, I have managed rooming houses before, and I do know that as a, um, there is definitely a lot of interest in it because people are now making the choice to uh, put their, um, like, even if they're just renting the property, the tenants will 
um, look at putting a room up for rent and getting and getting roommates in Lovely. to make it more affordable. God. Yeah, yeah. And my and my whole thought process is, well, if your tenant is doing it, then why aren't you? Like, mm-hmm. just look at what the market's doing and let and and leverage off what's what's actually happening within the within the demographic. Um, but the other thing to consider with rooming houses as well is you have separate tenancies within the tenancy. So when they're all filled and when they're all occupied and when it's running really great, it's fantastic. But if you have nine rooms and three of them are only filled and then you're still paying the overheads, then that's something that has to be taken into consideration when you're putting the long-term stats together. Yeah, 100%. Like you need to make sure that you've got some vacancy built in. But also you've got nine tenants and third of them can go down whereas if you've got one tenancy you lose the entire you lose all the monies so that's exactly you right. you only so there's, pros, there's pros and cons to both yeah yeah and rooming yeah. And, and rooming houses is definitely a a, a popular yeah popular option yeah and i think it's interesting as well when you think oh affordable markets i shouldn't be buying in affordable markets because of you know whatever you know insert your own pre preconceived notions but you've told us from the start that this isn't an affordable market for rent and we're trying like people people can't afford to pay those crazy rents just it's just the way it is so if you can cut up a house and somehow make it into a rooming house and you know see Inagade for all of that stuff he he's, he's he does that um yeah you can then tailor that to that audience that's what those people need how do i create the product that those people need well yeah there you go done mm. I think I think for me it's uh, it's kind of like Airbnb. There's potential, but I, I think you I mean, I've seen Davina. I mean, we, we've had we've interviewed Davina, and it it can be an absolute full time job if you want to manage it yourself, yeah. and if you're not managing yourself, yeah. So, not all the glitters mm-hmm. is gold, and I just I just imagine the the spats that could happen if you get the wrong people in in yeah. their personalities could clash. So, yeah, I'm the I'm the yeah. risk kind of. Yeah, it could could be an opportunity. But yeah, just go in your eyes open. Make sure you're doing well, everything own, according own, to legislation. A lot of owner a lot of owner occupiers are also looking at getting roommates in or renting out their rooms separately as well. So the the conversations that I'm having with investors um, is going well beyond just what is it going to be to like how much is it going to cost to to get this ready and to and to rent out my house. They're also looking at okay, well I've got these rooms available. That's where the market's going at the moment is there a way that that i can leverage off this and have um my vacant rooms actually be filled and, and earn some extra income off that um i can't get into those conversations because it goes outside of the residential tenancies act like i have to look at it from that perspective um but then when i take off my property manager had and put my investor money making hat on i can see i can see why these are becoming um, more conversations and topics that are that are coming up, and there's a there's even a, a lady in Melbourne who is uh, she's created a business called the Room Exchange, and it's to facilitate um, agreements and conversations between between people that are choosing to to live together. Oh, what a little business! That sounds really cool. Yeah. Just be, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be, I'd, I'd seek tax advice on that as well prior to doing mm-hmm. anything like that because I, I think it, it can, yeah, it can get a little. There's a little grey area on what that does for, 
for CGT or for capital gains tax and PPOR exemption. I, I don't oh, know exactly, with your, but I just... With your PPOR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're yeah, doing it, it's just an investment. Um, mm-hmm. would yeah. just fall under... Well, even, even, if you're, even if you're sort of doing... I mean, if, yeah. If you're doing it not... Um, and not the, doing a cash job, then maybe a different story. But I'm not suggesting people do that. <laughs> should be very, be very vigilant. <laughs> so somebody's saying it's a CGD trigger. So there you go. Just, just chat to or your account. Or a new PPOR, you know, yeah. I'm not an accountant. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a, it, as soon as you start earning income, then that's yeah something that has to be taken into into consideration. Yeah. Well. Yeah. This has been an unreal yeah. session. Thank you for tonight. It's clear your Ge- Geelong equivalent to Jackie Skeen in Logan. <laughs> and Jackie's amazing. That is, <laughs> so that, I'm taking that as a compliment. Thank you. That is a compliment. That is an absolute compliment. I didn't. I, I didn't go to far as this, I didn't go as far as saying Ashley. I hope Ashley doesn't mind me saying this, but Ashley Goodchild over in Perth as well. It's um, I think that's I don't know if you're in her <laughs> mentoring, um, but yeah, yeah. it's she's um, it. yeah, she does she does amazing work, and I'll I'll be um helping her with spreading the word with what she's been doing in the property management community. Um, oh, I've joined up in in PM Collective and going to be sort of helping her with running events and stuff down here. So she does amazing work in the Perth market. How, so how can people learn more? How do we get more Sophie um, in our life? How do we do it? Well, come to the event. Yes. Great. <laughs> here it is here, by the way. Guys, come to the event. This is our first ever live event. If you have not, like, actually, one one thing just so I can call it out. You haven't out, done is... the event post yet, Joe, as well. Like, people want to tune in and watch the watch the wisdom. I'm going to do the event post. Cause... Yeah. Yeah, please do. Um, but one thing I think is worthwhile mentioning is like Jeff, like I met Jeff at one of these networking events and we've created something pretty incredible here in the property space because we didn't have any property friends. We didn't have people that we knew in property space. We didn't have a community. We didn't have a network. We didn't have anybody. Um, but everything that we've kind of created is through these networking events. So it's not really about Oz property. It's not really about um, it's not really about Sophie. It's not really, it's about you meeting people that are similar minded that live, you know, within a 50 kilometer, hundred kilometer radius where you can spitball ideas and, and have a chat with about on the property space. So mm. it's not really about, well, it, it is about charity. You can, you can help charity. It's not about the beers, but you are going to learn some stuff, uh, as well. So it is an awesome opportunity. We've got some really good speakers speaking how the property landscape and consumer behavior has changed. So that one's actually going to be, it sounds boring, but Emily is an unreal. What do you mean? That's not boring. I mean, that's, no, that's absolutely no. vital, Joe. It's absolutely vital. And it's going to be you're, something that you haven't heard before as well. I hope Emily's so, not watching. No, you're around property. You're, we're around property nerds. Of course, it's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah, that's true. These are, these are our property people. Um, but uh, yeah, we got where's what is look what is property looking like and beyond. Sophie, you're going to be talking about some of those renting off options, about how to increase your profitability, which is some different strategies that we haven't even touched on today. Um, Joe Tucker, what a guy! Opportunities of le- leveraging the assets that you've got. How can you do more with what you currently have? Let, not necessarily buying more. And then we've got strategic structures for growing your portfolio. This is going to be an unreal session. This is going to be unreal, and. Uh, you can come. It's in the Black Sheep in Geelong, Wednesday, the 14th of June. Look at that. We've got people looking forward to it. We've got a lot of people coming. So you guys should just, just come because I want to meet you. Say hello. We just sit here all day, every week, looking at our same little faces and we have a new guest. And then you don't realize there's 
I mean, you know, 50, 30, 100 people just watching and, and listening. So it would be cool to meet everyone. Um, but I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about the opportunities in Geelong. Um, so, Sophie, thank you very much. Um, what's your business called? It's under REG Group. It's Real Estate Geelong. Yeah, there you go. That's 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 it. Real estate group. So if you need an amazing boots on the ground property manager, have a chat with Sophie. In, Sophie in Cole. Market. market. And and, sure. and I think um I think the beauty of talking to somebody like Sophie um is that she she knows uh, in the market like Geelong and she <clears> knows <throat> a lot of the agents as well. So she can kind of give you some just a, just some just some insight into into the way that things actually the lay of the land because that's the sort of thing like regardless of whether it's like every market and every sort of town operates a little differently and, and people run their real estate business a little, little differently as well. And, and just understanding that is, is absolutely, if you don't understand that, you may go in and sort of maybe burn a few bridges pretty quickly if you're trying to transact in a, in, in a way in, 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 the, in the location that you're used to. So, yeah, but good, good on you. for. I really appreciate you coming on. So if you relatively short notice, we asked you to, to jump on because um, – yeah, we yeah, and and we would have. I think you're an absolute wealth of knowledge, and thanks for um, letting us tag along with it with the event in a couple of weeks. Unfortunately, it won't be in Geelong, but it, it'll be a great night, and there'll there'll be um, many great conversations, and maybe another Joe and Jeff kind of in a couple of years' time. Joe will be like, we'll be appearing yeah, on somebody else. We created a monster. <laughs> yeah, I met at the met at the Oz property event with uh, with Sophie, and uh, yeah, we created the absolute competitor and kicked the crap out of him. Good, do it. Okay. I don't mind. It's okay. It's all about making the property community you better. Created hopefully. a good community of property investors. So go ahead and do That's it, please. Um, <laughs> love it. Anything else you wanted to mention, Sophie? It's just been awesome. And thanks for everyone for jumping on. It's been awesome. Yeah. Congrats, love it. They've gone the wild. People are loving it. We will see you in Geelong. Um, Sydney is king, but Geelong is better. Look at that. Everyone's loving it. Um, great. Have a great evening, everyone. Let's go buy a property. We'll see you later. Hear more interviews and share your story with some of Australia's top property experts and commentators now by joining the Oz Property Investors Facebook group with over 25,000 property investors so we can all become better property investors together. Just a quick reminder that anything we covered on this podcast is not considered as financial advice. This is general information only. You need to go and speak with your qualified professionals to understand your unique circumstances as this is general advice only. If you got any value out of this podcast, feel free to recommend us to your friends and leave us a review. Thank you very much for listening and have a fantastic day. Let's go buy a property.